This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. We understand that you have waited patiently. We have been waiting patiently to get this podcast out to you. My name is Ben, and my co-host Ashley will be arriving very quickly. Uh, She has been busy all day doing press, answering all the questions about the crazy, the dramatic, the also exciting last episode of this season of The Bachelor. Uh, I I would like to start this podcast because I got the stage and I'm all by myself and and, and I got a moment just to talk to you all. I'd like to start uh, this this podcast by saying this season of The Bachelor uh, is one that I feel like uh, we will remember only because of these last two episodes. I watched last night uh, from my house in in Denver, Colorado, uh, pretty much in awe of the emotional roller coaster that this show somehow took me through once again. It it really is crazy to me that The Bachelor, year over year over year, no matter how, you know, boring, no matter how uh, non-dramatic the whole season is, at some point in every season, I find myself on the edge of my seat with my hands over my face, anxiously awaiting the ending of the season. And last night was, was no different. Um, just to quickly recap, uh, Ari season of the bachelor, uh, was, was not without controversy. Um, you know, Ari was criticized for sometimes being, uh, distant, not exactly being relatable, but there's one thing that nobody ever criticized him for. He was always very authentic. He followed his heart throughout the whole season. Um, even sometimes to, to a fault, as we talked about on our last episode of the podcast, even sometimes when Ari could have been a little more engaging, a little more exciting, a little more uh, communicative, he wasn't because that's not who he is. And so as a result, I feel like we got to know Ari for who he is, and that's an authentic, uh, genuine person who is looking for love. Uh, last night uh, during the final episode, uh, we saw for the first time uh, Ari with his his second choice, but but I guess now his first choice, Lauren. Uh, Lauren and Ari got engaged uh, in a in a somewhat weird fashion. Uh, I, I kind of found it. I don't know if any of you did it. If you found last night's engagement just felt, it just still feel felt a little odd, please email us and let us know at Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. I I felt uh, just like I was watching something that seemed, in a sense, forced. Uh, And here's the weird part for me. I know that um, Ari was going to surprise Lauren with the engagement. I get that. But I also saw that Kimmel knew that they were getting engaged that evening. So I'm a little confused on how how this all timeline worked out. Was it actually a surprise that they got engaged on After the Final Rose, or was it not? And if it wasn't, maybe that's why I just felt like that whole scenario seemed forced. Um, but with all that being said, uh, I, we do wish Ari and Lauren the best moving forward. Um, you know, if, if he did find love and if she found love uh, during the season as well, then that's what we're here for. And, and we can't deny the fact that even though it didn't work out the, uh, the way that it would have been the fairy tale ending that we would have uh, preferred as fans of the show, uh, maybe the fairy tale is yet to be told in, in a few months from now or maybe a year from now, we'll be watching or, or hearing about a wedding between Ari and Lauren. And at that point, uh, this will be one uh, of the few batch of success stories that we need to celebrate because at the end of the day, we're in this for one thing, and that's love. It's the bachelor stand on. That's why the bachelor exists. 
And that's why the Bachelor will continue in the, in the, in the future. Um, let me read an email real quick um, from Kelsey, just kind of relating back to The Bachelor. It says, I was curious about a Bachelor secret that I was hoping you could share. The final episode always takes place in a distant location. How long does the runner-up have to stay until they're able to go home? Are they able to tell their families and lean on them for support? So I, I want to read this question now because I think this, this kind of puts everything in perspective. As we're you know, thinking about Lauren's uh, experience, on the show, after the engagement, the original engagement between Becca and Ari, what was Lauren doing in that meantime? Did she get to go home right away? Did she have to be stuck on in Peru? Um, and, and honestly, this is what happened. So the final day happens, the engagement happens, and the couple uh, goes off uh, into their own little uh, hideaway for a few days to kind of celebrate as a couple and, and take a deep breath and rest and relax and kind of figure out who they are as couples. The runner-up, uh, is then kind of stuck in this location until that couple goes home. Because the big reason there is be, the show doesn't want any spoilers. It doesn't want anything to be ruined. And so the couples all have to kind of go home at the same time so it doesn't look like anybody was sit home early because there's a ton of paparazzi. There's a ton of people out there looking for spoilers, trying to figure out and, and get to the bottom of, of this season of the show or every season of the show. And so, yes. The runner-up has to stay on location, wherever that last location is, until the couple goes home themselves. Now, if they have contact with their family or not, they do. Uh, you know, the show is not evil. You know, if you're broken up with, they, they want you to be able to lean on the people that you love the most. Um, and so they do give you contact with your phone again. You have your phone, you have your computer, you have a TV for the first time in a long time. And you're able to get back in contact with the outside world. But uh, it is true that the runner-up still has to stay on location for a while. Um, let, me, let me read you another one here real quick before we get into uh, and we kind of move forward uh, until this really exciting new season of Bachelorette that I am stoked about and that I can't wait to talk to you all about. But, but let me read an email before that from Hannah. It's called The Final Rose Broke. First of all, I love this podcast, Hannah says. It is my go-to podcast to listen to on my commute. As we all know, this episode was a train wreck. Hannah, we can all agree. The hype Unedited, never-before-seen ending was unnecessary and should have been done in private. As much as I stand by my statement, America could not watch this actual dumpster fire unfold. Truly, I could not look away. As my mom said during this episode and so many episodes prior, the man needs Jesus. We all need Jesus, Hannah. Come on. After Ari proposed and he and Becca were basking in their happiness, Ari picks up and spins her around, unfortunately damaging the rose in the process. The final rose literally broke. Tell me that is not some weird foreshadowing done by God himself. Honestly, I felt very, uh, really underwhelmed with this season as a whole. Excited to see what comes out of the franchise next. Anyways, love the podcast. Love you both. Wishing you two blessings on blessings. Hannah, thank you for the email. Uh, you make some great points. The ones that I don't think a lot of people uh, would disagree with, actually the popular opinion is, is that yeah, this season was a train wreck, as most seasons kind of are. I mean, we look back here in the last four seasons, you can go back to next season, and you can kind of see the dramas unfold amongst that season and the women kind of uh, arguing amongst each other and, and, and the lack of friendships that existed. And then you see, you know, Nick kind of come out with Vanessa uh, when, when sometimes the fan favorite was Raven, but, you know, Vanessa ends up uh, standing uh, victorious with Nick at the end. And, and people were criticizing Nick for not choosing Raven. That happened. Uh, you go back to my season. I mean, the, you know, that crazy guy told two women he loved them. 
uh, and, and fell in love with with one woman um, for, for the long haul. And JoJo ends up becoming one of the most popular and uh, bachelorettes of all time. Uh, we'll go back again to, to Caitlin's season. Uh, let's, and, and we'll stop here. But, you know, Caitlin's season was one that had some of the most dramatic uh, experiences and events. Let's remember, you know, the the uh, the Snapchat reveal that Caitlin and Sean did. Also, you know, Nick coming onto the season halfway in and making it to the final two. Um, that season was full of dramatic experiences. Uh, Caitlin said of, stayed above reproach um, the whole time. But every season, no matter how great or how boring or how not exciting the bachelor bachelor is, every season is a train wreck. We can all agree. It really just comes down to is the season going to lead to love or is it not? And and hopefully this season, you know, it should lead to love. No matter if we like it or not, how it played out, hopefully it leads to love. Uh, and then I, I want to just talk here for a second. Your second uh, paragraph is, is very thoughtful. Um, the final rose literally broke. Uh, is that some foreshadowing done by God himself? Uh, you know, I did this experience personally uh, because I believe it was the right decision for me. But I... I I have a hard time, but we can get a pastor on the phone here in a little bit, believing that, that God would intervene in this way during a show to foreshadow the final conclusion. Uh, if he did, great. Um, but, but you'd have a hard time, Hannah, convince me of that. Either way, it, it, it was a little uh, crazy. That is, as Becca picked up the final rose, it broke, uh, and she, she reached down to get it again. Uh, unfortunately, at this point, Becca is, is now no longer with a rose, but we're going to move in to talking about the fact that now Becca is our bachelorette and America is ecstatic. I don't know in my three years involved in this franchise that I've ever seen a response like this one. I mean, I'm not kidding. I was tweeting uh, during the first half of After the Final Rose, and I had more people retweeting, tweeting at me, commenting at me than I've ever had before. I think I had 25,000 uh, likes on my Twitter. I usually get uh, somewhere around like 500 to 1,000. And so it's very obvious to me that people are excited about this next season of The Bachelorette. Uh, Becca is definitely going to be popular. She should be. I mean, she is classy. She is beautiful. Uh, she has a heart of gold, but she's, she's a boss lady. You, you, we know going into the season that she's going to put her foot down, um, that she's going to make sure – that she is on a pursuit that is her experience and her journey. And she's not going to let any of these guys, no matter what their antics, get in the way of that. Uh, you know, over the last 24 hours, um, I've gotten a lot of comments on social media about me going back on this season, uh, which is interesting to me. And also, you know, I, I kind of take it as a compliment because if, if the viewers and fans out there believe that I would be a good match for Becca, that is a huge compliment to me because she is really – an incredible person. And from what I hear from all of her friends, what you see on TV isn't half of as great as she is outside of television, that her heart really is of gold, that she is classy. And we saw that with this crazy breakup, but this crazy scenario that came through uh, over the last few episodes of this season. Um, you know, one of the coolest parts and, and one of the biggest things that stood out to me during this last episode was uh, there's this GoFundMe page that was started up in, in honor of Becca so that she'd go get a drink. Well, it grew to 6,000 people. And Becca right away knew what she wanted to donate this to. She wanted to donate to Stand Up to Cancer. Um, instead of taking this money for herself, which she could have done, the GoFundMe page is under her name, she said, no, we're going to donate this to uh, Stand Up to Cancer. ABC and Chris Harrison matched it and then allowed me to be inspired, so inspired that Generous Coffee, the, the company uh, that I that I operate, 
Uh, we're donating all profits now for the next uh, uh, really 24 hours to stand up to cancer, which was really led by Becca and ABC. And so I think there's no better way to start a season of Bachelorette that we're all anticipating, that we're all excited about, than a little act of charity um, and try to get people involved in a little something bigger than themselves. I mean, if, if we're not watching the show, if we're not engaged in the show as fans, um, to not only find the love story, but also uh, that hopefully all these contestants can come back and use this new platform, this new given platform that they're literally handed to do something good with. I don't know what we're doing. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about The Bachelorette. Uh, I'm not as thrilled about The Bachelor, and, and, and we'll continue to talk about that throughout the episode. We're going to bring Jason Mesnick in in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to get his expert opinion on exactly what went down um, it, with this situation, kind of hear his thoughts on how Ari could have done it better. Um, I also want to hear from Jason, you know, what is it going to be like for Ari now moving forward with Lauren? Uh, you know, kind of being, for lack of a better word, their new relationship not being celebrated. Is it going to be difficult? What is his tip for Ari on how to get through it? What is his tip for maybe Lauren on how to support and get through this situation? So we're going to bring Jason Messick onto the podcast here in a little bit. I'm, I'm ecstatic to hear from him. I mean, I don't think there's any better person to hear from when it comes to this scenario than Jason himself. But before we do that, we got to talk about one of our long-lasting, most popular, uh, highest-reviewed uh, endorsers and supporters of this podcast, BioClarity. So here's the situation. BioClarity has literally been with Almost Save Most Podcast in the beginning. We, we have loved and supported them. We all use them. I, I have it shipped to my house uh, whenever I run out. If, if you ask your friends that use BioClarity, they love it as well, and I want to tell you about it, not because they just support the podcast, because they do, that's obvious, but also because we love their product. My experience with BioClarity is this. Uh, you know, I've never had terrible skin, uh, but my skin has, has always been dried. I live in Denver. Uh, and so it's really important for me not only to use, a, you know, a face scrub uh, that cleanses my skin, that keeps my skin healthy, but also refreshes, uh, refurbishes, and restores my skin as well. And that's exactly what BioClarity does. It's easy on your skin. BioClarity delivers glowing, clear skin by reducing redness and boosting your natural beauty. You can use it twice daily without worrying about excess irritation. There are no harsh chemicals. BioClarity is packed with clarifying botanicals and new Floralux. What's Floralux, you ask? I ask the same thing every week. I still don't know what it is. It's naturally derived from chlorophyll. Yes, the green stuff plants need and is proven for soothing away blemishes. BioClarity is full of antioxidants that helps reduce redness, feed and defend cells with an alphabet of vitamins, and boost your natural beauty because we all know it. You're all beautiful. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is easy to use and a three-step skincare ritual that's 100% vegan plus gluten and cruelty-free. The three-step routine is this. You cleanse. The rich foaming facial cleanser gently removes dirt, oil, and environmental pollutants. You can treat them. You treat by penetrating pores and attacks the bacteria that causes acne to clear up your skin. Finally, you restore. Restore gel with exclusive Floralux leaves your skin feeling smooth and refreshed. And finally, this new step is the hydration. You hydrate. This lightweight moisturizer is perfect add-on to this ritual. BioClarity offers a skin smoothie with hydrate as well. It hydrates. The hydration is lightweight, breathable moisturizer designed for even the most sensitive skin. Use hydrate alone or with BioClarity system. So for all you listeners out there that are saying, I got to get BioClarity, here's a call to action. Start a healthy habit and get glowing, clear skin. 
Just go to bioclarity.com. Our listeners with the first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a $20 savings, and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter our code FAMOUS. That's bioclarity.com and enter our code FAMOUS today to get your bioclarity. Thank you, bioclarity, for supporting the podcast. Let's keep moving on here. Um, We really want to hear your thoughts. I mean, I think this whole season has felt weird to us uh, at the you know Almost Famous podcast. All the way up to after the final rose, I think Ashley and I have had a hard time connecting with this season. Um, and last night really w- was no different. Uh, I, you know, I watched last night's episode kind of anticipating um, some closure, uh, maybe some answered questions. And the, really the only answered question I got was one from Ari that I was really hoping to get. And I, and I don't know if any of you caught it out there. Um, but Ari made a statement that I really believe he meant. So the question was asked to him, why did he do the breakup on camera? Something that America has been asking ever since we watched it on television. And people from all over Bachelor Nation, former Bachelor contestants, uh, massive journalism, uh, uh, massive newspapers, uh, popular journalists, have all questioned, why in the world was this shown on camera? Why would Ari agree to this? I've asked that same question. And Ari said something last night that I believe he meant um, that I can actually semi-relate with and I want to talk about a little bit. Ari says, as he's talking to Becky, he goes, I did it on camera because I wanted to show the world that this was on me. So if that was his intentions, we can't question his intentions. We, we should believe that he is telling the truth um, because I don't know Ari personally. Uh, we've, we've never really been able to talk other than on this podcast. Uh, everybody I talked to that knows Ari, uh, you know, other than the women on the season, really like Ari. And, and we'll get into, you know, how the other women on the season feel in a second. I have my theories for that. So if Ari's going to say that, uh, let's just assume that he's completely telling the truth. The issue I have is that if he was going to put it on himself, his conversation with Becca didn't feel like it. You all agree? I mean, that's my biggest thing is we watched the breakup. Uh, two nights ago. It just felt like Ari wasn't putting it on himself. I felt like he was putting on Becca or he's putting it more on just his, his uh, conflicted feelings. He wasn't saying, hey, this is on me. I'm owning this. This is a really unfortunate situation. There, there was really no emotion showed. But Ari did ask the question that we've all been wondering, why in the world was this shown on camera? And he says that he believed that showing on camera would solidify that this was his fault that this was his problem to deal with, that this was his burden to carry. And, I mean, let's all be honest. During that breakup, there's two things that happened. Everybody turned against Ari, and everybody turned towards Becca. So, if Ari's intention was to put this on himself, maybe he did do this well. Maybe this did work. And maybe him doing this led us to now have Becca as going to the season probably the most loved, most cherished, most congratulated, um, bachelorette that we've, ne- we've ever had. Uh, I think that no matter how this played out in the last few episodes, if it was weird or not, um, by Ari doing the breakup on camera allowed us all to fall in love with Becca a little bit more and wish for her that this next season of Bachelorette is one that we can look back on and say it was a success story because I, I truly believe it will be. Uh, I think Becca's ready from everything I hear she's ready, and I hear this from all of her friends. Uh, I had the opportunity the other night to, to spend some time with some of the women that were on uh, Ari's season, The Bachelor. 
and, and I, I typically don't get to do this, but they were all there for uh, the first after the final rose, and we were staying in the same hotel, so we were able to talk a while. And it's always interesting to me to, to kind of hear the perspective of the men and women that get off the season. Um, most of the time, I feel like these men and women that get off of the seasons really have uh, a dislike uh, towards the bachelor or bachelorette. And that's, it's, honestly, it's a little unfortunate because the one thing that happens during this show is that oftentimes there's heartbreak. Uh, there's really heartbreak for everybody except one person, and that's the person standing at the end. And in our situation, everybody felt heartbreak at some point. And so let's break this down for a second. You know, we watched it last night on, on After the Final Rose that, you know, these women were kind of uh, had a distaste towards Ari. And I get that, right? I get it because they all have one thing in common. They've all been broken up with by Ari. Uh, just like the guys during Rachel's season uh, were all broken up with by Rachel. But I feel like, I feel like this season was a little different. Most seasons, there isn't this incredible um, angst towards the Bachelor Bachelor. But, but, but last night, we saw, I think it was five of, of Becca's friends sit up on stage and really celebrate her, but really not talk highly of Ari. And, and I'm wondering if there's more to that than just the fact that they got broken up with. I'm wondering if there's more to this season um, and their distaste or, that, that causes their distaste towards Ari than what we saw. Um, but it happens every season. This isn't uncommon. The women on, on my season uh, were all very angry with me, uh, even some of my friends that I call friends today. Uh, some, you know, my closest friends, like Becca Tilly, she'll tell you, yeah, there was a moment there where she was really upset with me. And I get that because you're getting broken up with and relationships are ending. But let's keep this into perspective that everybody, as I said earlier, is getting broken up with during this season, except for one person. That the bachelor bachelorette sometimes do not have an easy way to turn. That it would be great if everybody could end up happy, but it's just not going to happen. And so my request, or, or what I would desire for any bachelor or bachelorette from here in the future, is that they just do it with respect and dignity. And, and I, you know, I don't know if Ari did that or not. I guess that's up to you all. So, again, please email us at benandashley at iheartmedia.com. Let us know if you feel like Ari's breakups were done with dignity, um, if there is respect done with him, if you felt like he uh, explained himself well enough. Because I remember going back, and, and this was one of the hardest parts about The Bachelor for me, is there was very few days that I didn't shed a tear. Um, not because I have a big soft heart and I'm super sensitive, just because you get tired of hurting people all the time. You feel like from day one to the very last day, all you do every day is you have to hurt somebody. You have to say goodbye to somebody. You have to tell somebody that you, they're no longer wanted there. And that hurts. You get really good at breaking up with people. And as a result, you get really bad at keeping a soft heart and your heart can easily get hardened. And I think for all of us out there, as we're watching the season kind of come to an end, we have to remember that Ari is now starting to recover in an emotional place that he, he hasn't been in three months. He's finally able to be happy publicly. Let's think about that. For the first time in three months, Ari is able to be happy publicly. He's now able to do that with Lauren by his side, and it felt like last night, and I think I tweeted this out, um, Lauren is there for the long haul. She's sitting next to her man, and she's saying, Ari, I've got your back. I know this was hard. I know you made a mistake, but I've got you. And I think he's looking at her, hopefully saying, Lauren, I've got your back. I know this has been hard. I know I made a mistake, but I love you. And, and I hope that is the, the, the thought process that he has going into the rest of their relationship is, I mean, what an incredible partner to have for Lauren to look at him last night and say, you know what, this is a really hard situation for him. And I'm just glad that he ended up with me in the end. I mean, I, I just felt this, like,
unending, unnerving love and support uh, that she was, you know, portraying last night and, and, and exuding in their relationship. And, I mean, if that's the case, if they can give that to each other, if Ari can give that back to Lauren, I, I mean, this relationship is one that we might want to watch. It could be one that is a love story uh, that kind of mirrors. Uh, our good buddy Jason, who, as I said, will be on this podcast later. So there's a lot of questions for Jason coming up. Uh, we're all excited to hear from him. Ashley will be coming in the studio here pretty soon. Um, and, but before we do, um, I want to kind of take these last few minutes here that I have all by myself and, and just kind of hype up this ne- next season of The Bachelorette. We have a, we have a couple months to wait. Uh, they'll start filming this season here in the next week or so. Um, you know, we, we got to meet a couple of Becca's men last night. Some of them were impressive. Uh, you know, I think they're all pretty nervous. What a weird situation to be in where, you know, before you know it, you're standing out on stage on national television, on live television, and you're uh, introducing yourself to what could be your future wife. Um, I felt like the guys did a fine job. They all seemed pretty confident. All of them seemed a little nervous. I thought the first guy with the accent, he stayed a little long. I started to get that awkward feeling like, okay, you can go now. Um, but again, like he has nothing to compare this to. Uh, last night, and, and I, I got to talk to Dean about this before, Dean uh, Ungler, uh, who has a podcast with iHeartRadio as well and is a good buddy of mine, um, I talked to you a couple weeks ago about, you know, what it was like to go out on stage. Because if you remember right, for, for Rachel's season, Dean was one of those original guys that went out on stage during After the Final Rose and introduced himself to her. Um, and I asked him what it was like, and it, was, it literally happens like this. The producers, you know, have already chosen you to be on the season. Um, you're, you're kind of in waiting to, to enter into the mansion or step out of the limo and introduce yourself. And they call you up and they say, hey, tonight uh, the Bachelorette is going to be uh, at a live show. We want you to introduce yourself to her. You know, we're going to come pick you up in a car, get your suit on, let's go. And, and so we have to give these guys some grace last night. But it, what it did show is there's a couple guys there that, uh, you know, I did think Becca was interested, or at least her friends were interested. We saw the reaction of all her friends, and they seemed thrilled about a couple of these guys. Um, so throw off for the hot start. Uh, and, and I don't question that this whole season from here on out will be one that people uh, will not only watch, but they'll really cheer for Becca. And we need that in Bachelor Nation. We need a season that we can really get behind, that we want to ride this journey out with somebody from the start to the finish. We want to laugh at the very beginning of the season when people are doing outrageous and quirky things. And we, we want to cry with them in the middle when their heart's broken and their heart's being pulled in a thousand different directions. And we want to celebrate with them at the very end when, the, when a, hopefully a potential engagement happens or at least a love story exists. We need that back because we haven't had it uh, now for a few months. And, and I think that Becca's season will, will definitely, definitely bring that. Um, I want to stop for a second and, and read uh, an email, um, kind of calling out what, what somebody that I would now call a friend. Um, and so I want, I want to approach this and, and, and speak to this email. It says, the email titled, Not a Fan of Caroline. It's from Ash, not Ashley Iconetti, just Ash. It says, it's super unfortunate that you all had Caroline on. Seems like she's sucking Becca's pain from all it's worth by being the one in the know. You can even hear on Ben's Instagram story tonight. Some comment is made and someone goes to Caroline. What's going up? Your followers? Seems like she was disappointed she got kicked off too soon and found a way to get back into the fold and got fortunate to be someone in the know. Even listening to this episode, she talked over all other women in the studio just to get more airtime. She even said in regards to the breakup footage, I kind of needed this. People are in my DMs. Like, 
be more selfish and self-serving. Reeks of absolute egotistical mindset. Ari is terrible, but he called one thing accurately. These girls are just finishing their trials for Bachelor in Paradise. The desperation is palpable from here. Glad that Ashley and Ben still, still, still seem to stay above some of this juvenile, juvenile desperation after being past their newfound fame. Ash. Well, Ash, I did just do Bachelor and Winter Games, so I can't completely say that I've gotten out of the Bachelor franchise, but I get what you're saying. Uh, and it's, it's been said a lot, and I think there's been a few jokes made, is that this, you know, it seems like this show is turning into a constant tryout to be in Bachelor in Paradise or to be the next Bachelor or Bachelorette. But what other option do you have? I mean, honestly, uh, this world kind of sucks you up in it, right? So, so if we start at the beginning of each season, everybody's on uh, equal playing field. Everybody shows up the mansion to date either the Bachelor or Bachelorette. Once you get kicked off, um, you know, you're excited to watch the season. You're, you're anxious to be on television. You're anxious to see your story unfold. And so you sit there with your family and your friends are all asking you about it, and they're getting you hyped about it, and you're excited about it. And before you know it, uh, and this is, this is the balance that everybody has to take, and, and, and I'll speak to this and, and my insight into this here in a second, but the balance everybody has to take is uh, to not let this become your identity. But unfortunately, uh, because of the excitement and because some people get overwhelmed and, and because they're getting so much pressure from the outside world, the bachelor or bachelorette ends up being the only thing you ever talk about, the only thing you ever think about. The only thing you really think has given you any type of excitement in life because it's such a new and, and weird experience that has shown you this new side of life. You know, for me, it was my very first time ever out to L.A. was on the Bachelorette. So all of a sudden I show up to L.A. and I show up to a mansion and there's cameras. And then when I get kicked off, there's, there's articles written about me and my family's asking me about it. And, and I'm going through not only a breakup at the time. But I'm also trying to process the fact that now people know me in weird small towns all across the U.S. And it becomes not only um, sobering because you realize how small the world really is, but it also becomes almost euphoric in the sense of, wow, I've done something that people now recognize. So I get it. And we've got to give anybody, anybody the benefit of the doubt that the show, but we have to also stand beside them and support them and keep them accountable to the fact that if the bachelor or bachelorette is what you're known for, if that's where your identity exists, then you've made a, a great mistake. That anybody out there that has done anything like the Bachelor or Bachelorette before, let's even break this down to your job, to your school. If your identity is in those things, then you need to take a step back. You need to realize that those things cannot be idols in your life. And I think, unfortunately, because of the world and, and the format and, and that the Bachelor and Bachelorette presents uh, to each contestant, it does become uh, something that people don't or have a hard time leaving. And so let's, let's go back to the email here and talk about Caroline for a second. I got to spend some time with Caroline um, over the last few days, and she was nothing but great to me. Um, she was funny. Um, she was articulate. We, we laughed. We joked. She was open. And honestly, she talked very little about the show. Um, what she talked about most was her excitement for Becca and also her sadness for Becca going through this breakup. She also talked about her sadness for Ari, that she, she has uh, a heart for Ari right now because she doesn't want him to feel alone, that she doesn't want him to suffer. Um, but she's still upset. I mean, her friend got broken up with. And so, of course, she's in the right to express that. You know, if, if one of my friends was hurt, I would hope that I would stand up for them and say, hey, I don't like what happened. I don't think this is fair. 
but let's not assume that Caroline is doing this just um, for her own self-promotion. Uh, I think that's a far stretch. Actually, I, you know, we, we all know that Caroline could potentially um, be ambassador in paradise uh, here soon. But it was my understanding that she doesn't, she hasn't even accepted it yet, or I don't even know if she's been asked. And so we can all, you know, it's easy to judge, and it's easy to expect the worst out of each one of these contestants. Um, but we can't do it. We get, we, we're fans of the show. Let's not judge these contestants based on a few things they say on a live show, okay? Especially somebody like Caroline, who's friends with Becca. She came to our podcast, um, and I appreciate it. I know Ashley appreciates it. She came to our podcast to talk about whatever was going on in that world. And I know for us, anytime anybody steps in to, to, to help us with our podcast, uh, we want them to speak openly. We want them to speak comfortably. And that's exactly what she was doing. Did she talk over that woman? I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I think they're all pretty excited trying to get their voices out. Um, but from here on out, when people come in um, and speak on our podcast, uh, we, we know we've had our issues in the past and we've learned our lessons. We hope this is a place where you can kind of just take a deep breath speak openly, speak honestly, and hey, if you're upset about something in the franchise, let's talk about it. Because honestly, uh, that's what people want to hear anyways. That's what you want to hear, Ash. I know it. And thank you for listening. Uh, Ash and I really do uh, enjoy any email that comes through. Speaking of things we enjoy, we really enjoy Blue Apron. I, I've talked about before, my mom is a big fan of Blue Apron. My mom is a great cook. She's cooked uh, my whole life. We used to have family dinners together every evening. And when she heard about Blue Apron on this podcast, she, she was uh, a little hesitant to jump in. Um, she, she was a little cautious because this whole, uh, you know, planned meal idea just doesn't seem natural, doesn't seem traditional. But after my mom and, and actually myself received our first box of Blue Apron, we were all sold. And I think you would be as well. It not only speeds up the cooking process, it allows you not to have to go to the grocery, but it provides you with the highest quality, healthiest meals directly to your door. Let me tell you about Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building community of home chefs. Blue Apron offers three meals. Two-person meal plan, meals that serve two people, choose from eight new recipes per week with the choice to receive either two or three recipes any week. A family meal plan, meals that serve four people, choose from four new recipes per week with the choice to receive either two, three, or four recipes any week. And a wine plan, I'm all about this, and I know we all are as Bachelor fans, six bottles of wine from renowned winemakers delivered monthly. Featured upcoming meals for you from Blue Apron is Quick bucatini with broccoli and pecorino cheese, pan-fried chicken breast with sweet and tangy zucchini, Italian-style shrimp and sweet peppers over pergola sarda pasta, parmesan-crusted steaks with mashed potatoes and broccoli. Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the U.S. And while many people know what we do, many don't know about the types of meals you eat when you cook with Blue Apron. So I want to tell you about the call to action. If you aren't sold yet, you should be. Uh, our first two sponsors here are, are some of our favorites. Actually, this, this whole episode is, is full of amazing sponsors, just like every one of our episodes. Um, but here's a call to action to get Blue Apron. Blue Apron is treating almost famous listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com backslash 
Almost Famous. So check out this week's menu and get $30 off at blueapron.com slash almostfamous. Blue Apron, better way to cook. Hey, Ben, guess what? I've just been listening to you for the past 10 to 15 minutes. Relishing yeah. in your in your voice. Ben, <laughs> you could talk to yourself so long, but I know you're talking to an audience, but it's like incredible how you can just talk to an audience so naturally when they're not in front of you in reality. It's amazing. I applaud <laughs> Actually, you. I, ta- I talk to myself often, so it kind of correlates back Really? To the Do you, are you one of the guys that talks out loud to himself around the house? Oh, yeah. I'm an only child, actually. I live oh, alone. Oh. I, I, I drive in my car all the time. I talk to myself often. I have great conversations. I've actually prepped for this podcast now for the last few days because I walk in my house like, Ari, what in the heck were you thinking? And then I was <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> That is so uh, funny. It's so cute. You're so good. And I think you need to get into the ministry. Like, you need to do sermons. You, you really could have your own podcast where you just talk about virtue all day. And I would be I, uh, encouraged to be a better person just by listening to you talk to yourself. Oh, Ashley, you're the sweetest. You always have been. It's good to it's good to have you in studio. I know today's been a crazy day for you. Uh, following up, I started the podcast by letting everybody know that you've done press and you've answered a thousand questions about this season of The Bachelor in the last two episodes. And so thanks, uh, thanks for coming in because I know you're probably tired and you're also probably tired of talking about The Bachelor. But I got good news for you. Today ben, is our it last. Just really hit it on the, the head there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I did. And then from here on out, for every episode coming up from this uh, week forward, you and I are going to open up some of our favorite segments again. Like, who the heck are you? Yeah. We're going to talk about our dating life. We're going to talk about love life outside of the Bachelor franchise. We're are you going to be honest? Are you going to be honest about your love life outside? Uh, yeah, I'll be as honest as I want to be, Ashley. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot on the spot starting next week because I'm getting a lot of tweets about how people were so excited when you asked CN that qu- you were talking to CN about, like, you know, how you're going to do her season of The Bachelorette. And then yeah. you, politician you, just knew how to swerve around and not answer that question directly. But to yeah, get everybody's that, heart beating. Yeah, you're so good at it. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll open up in honesty, but hey, uh, thanks for stopping in. I'm going to hand this off to you because I have a generous coffee and Humanity and Hope event that I have to go speak at. I'm, I'm a few minutes late already. I got to run. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio right now. Uh, I got to go speak because generous is blowing up after last night's episode of of The Bachelor. Uh, when Becca said that she would donate to Stand Up to Cancer, I said generous would as well. Now, Katie Aww. Couric has retweeted about generous, and Katie Couric bought 50 bags of generous coffee today. Uh, ben, um, so now, holy I know. freaking moly, that is yeah, amazing, that's huge. I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, and so now uh, I have to go speak at this event and try to raise a little money uh, for some communities around the world and sell some generous coffee while we're at it, so I apologize, Ashley, uh, but it's now your time to not only talk to our good buddy, Jason Mesnick, um, but also yourself for a little bit. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, maybe, I'm going to try. <laughs> I, I wrote notes, and I think it's going to take me about 30 seconds. All right, sounds good. Hey, everybody there, uh, all of our listeners, again, email us at Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. Ashley, I love you. Happy birthday yesterday. You're some of the, one of the best people I know, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Love you. Bye. All right, so we have a couple minutes before Jason's on the phone, so because I'm sure you guys are all dying to know what I felt about last night, I will let you in on this. Um, everybody is villainizing Ari. I'm tired of villainizing Ari. He made a lot of mistakes, but we can't harp on it forever. 
this may be exactly what Ben had said before I walked into the studio. <laughs> so I'm sorry if it is. Um, I think it's funny because I think people expect that the Bachelor love stories need to be the most idealized love stories, but they are, they can be as messed up as our own real life love stories. Um, nothing goes smoothly. Their hearts are always broken. Um, as Jamie Sullivan once said, if there wasn't suffering, would there be any compassion? And I feel like heartbreak makes us stronger. It gets us to know ourselves better and betters ourselves for our future relationships down the line. So, you know, Ari messed up and his love story is not traditional, but let's like let them live because they seem really, really happy. And yeah, it wasn't our chick flick. We didn't get that this season, unfortunately. Maybe Becca will deliver something that makes our hearts pound in in like giddiness. But let's just leave them alone because it's just love isn't always pretty. But well, we'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. And I think that's what they want. All they're asking for is like give them a chance. And I can't wait to talk to to Mesnick because that's a beautiful um role model for them to have. 8 years of marriage, two kids. Do we think Mesnick handled it better or worse? Um, I never saw Mesnick's season. Oh, my God. That was the first season. That was the last season I didn't watch. So I started watching Allie's season right after his. So the most- Oh, no, no. That was Jake. Oh, wait. No, that was- What's his name? Oh, uh, the pilot. Oh, Jake Pavelka. Jake. Yeah. So I started watching a year and a half after, after the, Mesnick. The shocking thing, and I rewatched it recently about Mesnick, is that he- I think Melissa had some clue that he was going to end things with her on the After the Final Rose. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Molly had any idea that he was doing that uh-huh. and that he was going to say, I want another chance with okay, you. Okay, so you're saying the difference is that Molly didn't... Sh- oh, yeah, wait. So the difference is that... I mean, it's equally kind of terrible. No, it's not. It's not because because Mesnick didn't feel anything for Melissa anymore. And he was willing to end that relationship even if he thought that Molly wasn't going to be down. Correct. Yeah. I, I would say that that is a fair statement. You could ask him about that. Yeah. Because he hadn't, like, pursued Molly. He really didn't know if she was going to say yes or no. And the genuine sort of, like, shock on her face yeah. of, I'm on camera. I don't know what to do here. I've wanted this to happen because I love this dude. But what is happening? Like, it was very different yes. than this. Okay. In the same sort of situation. But in the same way, both women are going to have to deal with their potential husbands um, having picked another woman over them at some point in their lives. But everybody has to deal with that, really, in life. That's true, except for sometimes. But usually, like you don't know that. Hearts who've never dated anyone else, you've probably got a past, and so do they. That's probably probably they just true. Didn't break up with you on camera. And they weren't dating you at the same time. I don't Although know. I'm sure there's people out there who are dating two people at the same time. They go with one and then they're like, wait a minute. And then they switch. I bet you no, there's I real be- life I bet people. you there are plenty of real life people. So that's something you guys should think about. And also just like think about all the marriages that come from friendships. And it's like that person was in your life for so long. But you were probably dating people before you realized that that was your person. So it's kind of the same. I don't know. It's kind of the same thing, but it kind of is. But then Ari sort of—he really kind of blew it at the same time. He—I he, think he seemed really nice yesterday. I have no problem with him whatsoever. I mean, yeah. he's cool because 
if you really break it down, he was engaged. He was about to get engaged to one of them. It could have gone either way. Had he just picked Lauren and been on his merry way, we'd all be bored and fine. Yeah. So it's like. So thank Ari for giving you a little right. excitement over the past two days. <laughs> right. Well, we got where we were going to go anyway. Yeah. Um, interesting question I just came up with. I have no idea. I wonder if like during that final two, if he would have said to Becca, would you rather be the bachelorette or would you rather me um, propose to you? I bet what you she would say. have said I'd rather you propose to me. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I'm I sure. totally... I'm sure. I don't know. It takes me a lot longer to get over things. Years, in fact. So for her to sort of snap back so quick... It takes me forever, too. But I will say, I can. I never really get over something until the next, next thing guy. shows up. Absolutely. I don't think I ever get over a guy until I find a new one. I mean, you do in the sense that you can like live life, but you and don't- you're kind of ready. Yeah, but you still are daydreaming about the last guy. Or you don't fully close the book, or you also don't realize how terrible they were. Because I didn't realize how terrible someone was that I was dating until I dated someone amazing. Hmm. Uh, Ari and Lauren said during press today that they do want to get married on TV if the opportunity is there. Um, and oh, my if, God. You know. <laughs> That's sort of a lot. I don't think that they're going to be one of ABC's like uh, most sought-after couples to get, to get married. I mean, that? pretty sure they want JoJo to get married on TV. I don't know if they're going to care about Ari and Lauren getting married on TV. What is the word for that? Audacious? <laughs> is that oh, the word? You no, know, the question was probably, would you get married on TV if ABC offered it to you? And they said yes. Well, speaking of weddings, Zola is the wedding company that will do anything for love. They are reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment in a couple's life even happier. From engagement to wedding and decorating your first home, Zola is there. They combine compassionate consumer service with modern tools and technology all in the service of love so why choose zola well it's free it's easy to use and it's fun zola is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process um and over 300,000 couples are using it which is pretty amazing zola registry has everything that you love from your favorite department store stuff things like honeymoon funds fitness classes wine subscriptions and they also have over 500 top brands, 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds for the couple. It is so easy to use. And they have a great customer service team that will go above and beyond for you. There's also a group gifting feature that lets multiple guests contribute to big ticket gifts like honeymoons. You can personalize your registry with photos and notes about why you're needing certain gifts and then there's also price matching tools and free shipping. So obviously, Zola is the place to be if you are wedding planning. What would planning. we get, Ari and Lauren? Uh, what would I get, Lauren? Yeah. Oh, well, I heard that they love Yahtzee, the game. Yahtzee? Yes. So <laughs> apparently on Monday night, they didn't watch the finale, which is understandable. But instead, they played a uh, quiet game of Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> so board games for the lovely boring couple. I'm sure you could get that on Zola. So that's good. So to sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to Zola, that is Z-O-L-A dot com slash almost famous. That is Z-O-L-A dot com slash almost famous and a $50 credit toward your registry. Zola.com, almost famous. I'm going to go get my uh, my gifts for them there. That's awesome. 
All right. Well, it sounds like Jason Mesnick, the predecessor to Ari, is <laughs> right now on the line. Jason. What's going on? Hey, Jason. Um, I met you briefly at Jaden Tanner's wedding. Didn't watch your season, so pardon me if I'm a little uneducated. Amy will fill in my gaps. Um, I was trying to sort of explain the difference in the way you handled it and in the way he handled it. How do you sort of sum that up? Well, we, we all know that Jason is very emotional. They're hence the other Mesnick. You you have coined two things now in the franchise. There's the Mesnick, you crying over the balcony, and now there's the Mesnick, which is the switcheroo. Yeah, well, hopefully that's the Ari now. So <laughs> that's, that's you can take that. I'm off okay. the hook. Would you, ra- you would rather, of course, the sobbing. Yeah, it's fine. Everyone loves a man in touch with somebody, you know, feel terrible on national TV. Yes. (laughs) All right. So talk about how you feel like you handle the situation differently. Uh, You know, to be honest, I don't know if, if, if I think I really did, because when I think about what happened, one, I, you know, and I read something Ari did this, said this morning is that he was trying to give um, Becca the opportunity to be the bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't just come from his mind. And what I mean by that is they yeah. said the same thing to me. So I called uh, the producers. You know, this is for like 55 years ago when I did it. Um, <laughs> so I called the producer and I said, hey, you know, so Melissa and I aren't working out. Can I, you know, have a shot with Molly? Because I'm just really curious. And they said, hey, so yes, but we've asked Molly to be the bachelorette. So there's two conditions. One, you need to do this on TV because otherwise Molly's going to go forward and be the bachelorette. And two, we need Melissa, so the other girl, to be the bachelorette, and we need her to be emotional so the audience falls in love with her and everybody's heart goes out to her. So when I think about, you know, know, I think the difference is how the producers and ABC decided to air it, right? Mm-hmm. So mine was like I think they were they had learned a little bit, but they also wanted everybody to feel for Becca, so they could put her on, you know, I don't know, a pedestal, but like the place she, in some sense, they wanted her, so the audience falls in love with her, and they come back next season even stronger than before as a viewership, right? right. And that's what they were trying to do with Melissa too, but you know, Melissa already had somebody else in her life, so she didn't want to do it. Okay, so I don't like to be honest. I don't know how different it is. I mean, I I understand the appearance is different, and maybe well, the I, words conveyed are different. Were you not? I felt like you ended with Melissa before you sort of told Molly. Whereas I feel like he was dabbling with Lauren, feeling yeah, it I mean, out. I mean, there's probably a piece of that. Like M- Melissa and I both had known that it was over. Oh, okay. And the TV. Yeah, I mean, we had ta- we had talked about that, but. I mean, the way that it was portrayed, I think the only difference, I mean, viewers might see it differently um, if they remember who I am. But, I mean, I think <laughs> the, the the view is like, hey, we did ours on set, a closed set, because it hadn't happened before. And this one was, you know, in wherever house that they were flown yeah. into and their, their uh, getaway weekend. So what you were saying about us needing to fall in love with... Becca is something that I've been kind of spewing out all week long. That's, in my opinion, why they showed the entire breakup the way they did. I 100%. Wanted, I want to know why you and apparently Ari went to production with this dilemma that you were having. You were like, I, this isn't going to last. What do you guys suggest me do? And I just feel like sometimes production would be the, the last person I'd go to because, the last people I'd go to, because sometimes I would wonder if they were putting their interest before mine. 
hundred percent. So I, I think going back to it, and like I was actually writing some notes on the plane, just kind of thinking about you know how my experience was different or similar to Ari's. And I mean, like when I think about my experience, there are, there are two times that I knew not to go to production and not talk talk about it with anybody, and it was that was one of the two times. But you know, and, and, and like it actually you know of it. But until you go through and be like the bachelor, bachelorette, they are asking you for help, right? They're right. asking you to, to go on dates with people that you don't want to go on dates with. They're asking you to hold hands with people that you want to go on cold hands with. Because realistically, if you walk, let me just ask you this. If you walk into a bar and there are 25 guys in that bar, how many do you think you would be, you would be in a relationship, you could be in a relationship with? Honestly, zero. two at yeah. best. Zero. Okay. At very, so, very zero. best, but most likely zero. <laughs> okay, so it's somewhere between zero and two. So I would say the same thing with anybody who's the bachelor and bachelorette. It would be between zero and, uh, I'm, I have to give it to three. So okay. somewhere between zero and three. So within the first week, right, when you're mm-hmm. put in this position, within the first week, you know your top two or three. Yeah. And the rest is just, hey, you know, we got to make a TV show. And realistically, ABC is paying the produ- producers uh, $2 million every week to make a show. And so you can't do that. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can do that. And so the producers are, and they have to be, sometimes they're pretending to be your friends. Sometimes they are your friends. But the one thing they're doing is trying to build trust. And so when you go through that whole experience, you're not supposed to, they, they tell you not to talk to anybody. Like you sign this giant contract that scares the heck out of you, right? Right. And the bottom line is you feel like the only people you can talk to are the producers because they're calling you. They're, they're pretending to try, check in with you throughout this whole experience after you finish filming. So I, in the real world, you're right. You shouldn't call the producers. But in this bubble world, they're right. the only people that you've ever talked to about all this stuff. So they're the only people that you feel understand. What's so funny is that here I am, like, questioning this for you. But then when I think about my own relationships that have, that have started out on the show but now have developed off the show throughout the past two, year, two three years, I always go to them. They're always the ones that I feel like yeah. venting to and the most. I don't, I don't think anybody else until – I mean, you probably understand it. Just, like, I remember as a cast member on the – I mean, forever gone, The Bachelorette – I remember staying up super late every single night going, okay, what are you guys to the, with the producers? What are you guys trying to do? What are you guys trying to get us to say? Like, and they would kind of dig in with me saying, hey, what do you know about this guy? Does this guy have a, a girlfriend back at home? So everybody's kind of digging in with each other. But at the end of the day, their job is to befriend, befriend you. Who was your girl? I can't even remember. Who was the bachelorette when you were on it? Uh, Marilyn Monroe. Diana Pappas. Oh, Oh, so funny. Who's a total twist to me because she married a bachelor guy's brother. Oh, yeah. So weird. Yeah. So weird. But that is. I mean, I don't think anybody really, like, I'm not going to make excuses for Ari and I, but like, until you're in there and like everybody, I mean, (laughs) everybody. Is gonna a producer is gonna want this to happen, right? Because everybody's talking about it on every news news outlet, so they want the conflicted guy or girl to be confused and do this on TV. It's great for the show, right? Of yeah. course, it's, um, it's, it's by by a hundred times as great for the show. 
Well, so the tr- problem is we trust them too much. We do trust them, but they are they do become our best friends. And in my case, we, they've continued to be my best friends off camera as well. Um, yeah, I don't totally. want to like I don't want to like say, oh, why would you go to productions because they have the bad intentions in mind? Um, I am very trusting, but I've found in my own personal experiences that while you may have a bad episode or a bad scene or two, because they they do truly want to get you the best in the long run with every decision that you make with them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know, like, talking to him just even last night, like, I was texting with him before I went on and after I got off, and they're like, trust me, we got this handled. Like, we're working on it. We want it to be the best. We want everybody to be happy. And I think in some ways, you know, I think outside, I wish Ari didn't propose, but... Really? Yeah. Tell us. Tell us tell us how you would have rather. Well, I think at some point, like, he's already done enough, and, like, you could do that, like, away. Right. Yeah. Like, that was just my opinion. Everybody else could think whatever they want. I mean, I would have just said, like, after with Molly and I, like, you know, we wanted to take, we took almost a year before we got engaged. Right. Which is, you know, which is not a long time in, in, for some people, but for us, it felt like it. Did Neil Lane still give you a ring? No. Well, no, not, so no, when I proposed, but five year for our five year uh, anniversary, he he helped us out. Yes. this is, I got an interesting tidbit here. Um, yesterday, they taped Jimmy Kimmel before they taped after the final rose, and Lauren was wearing her engagement ring. So oh, it, really? it was so she. she he basically had already told her. How do you? What? what, what he, are you sure? Yeah. Because he was leaving. Um, so it was a fake he engagement. He was, going to, he was going straight to Jimmy Kimmel after we filmed. Oh, really? Are you yeah. sure? I mean, I was, it would be hard for yeah, him to be that good me. of an actress, too. I thought they. I don't know. Maybe you're right. He he told. I mean, he he had a bug out of there last night pretty quick because he was going to Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, okay. So Maybe I'm totally like, wrong. I don't want to like start something. Bring up the <laughs> elephant yeah, in the room. It. And I'm sure Jason, you've thought about this a thousand million bajillion times. But why didn't you just propose to Molly on the finale? Well, I mean that. So I was not going to pick Molly. I know, but why? Because <laughs> you picked her. But you did. But really. In your like so, inner soul, I, you Ari, did. Ari and I talked about this. So the the similarities between Lauren and Molly are that when when we filmed, when I filmed with Molly and Ari, kind of agreed the same thing with Lauren is they were really they weren't people that were super comfortable comfortable on camera that couldn't open up. Just and it's it's some of it's on camera stuff, but it's also just their personality. You know, you can't expect everybody to be super comfortable on camera. You can't expect everybody to be gushing about how much they care about somebody. Because I remember on a, one of my dates with Molly, you know, nine years ago now, I remember it was the one thing. We walked away. We were on our exotic stuff. And I was like, I don't even know if she likes me. And the producers would be like, yeah, you know, don't worry. You know, she really does. And and they would go to Molly and say, hey, Molly, you got to open up more because mm-hmm. Jason's not sure of it. Um that you like him even. And the truth was, she was just having, she just, one, she wasn't sure she wanted to get engaged, but two, she was the type of person that had trouble opening up. And I think Lauren's the same way. That's so, really interesting. I mean, I was writing this down, you know, on the plane, and like, you know, Melissa was the type of person on, on my season that I always thought I would marry. And then after two months of, you know, dating her, it just wasn't the right fit for either of us. That's what I wanted to know more about. Maybe like, because it, it could, could, your experience could be a reflection of Ari's. When did you start feeling like, oh, wow, this is probably not my wife um, once you exited the bachelor bubble? Um, 
I mean, because we, I couldn't tell you, I mean, it's, granted, go back, it's nine years ago, more than nine years ago. So we dated, I think, you know, six, seven, eight weeks afterward. Mm -hmm. And we would do those kind of, you know, getaways. And I think, you know, I think part of it is that, like, I, like, I just, after that whole experience, I didn't love her. And um, after, you know, and I also take a step back as, as well as I think, when you look at that experience, you're probably you probably spend a total of forty hours with the person you end yeah. up proposing to. Yeah. So that's really you know in the real world that's like I I really want to get to know you better. That's right. what the show is. It's pretty be incredible not- with forty hours how many married couples there actually are. Yeah. Well, I mean that's it. It works for some like in the real world like it works for some people to you know love at first sight and for some people it doesn't. I do think it's still very fascinating there hasn't been one divorce. That is super it fascinating. It my mind. Like, what? There aren't. How many, how many marriages are there? Um, I can't write it it's down, a, but I think it's like, I think it's seven. And then you seven. and Sean. Seven? Seven marriages? Yeah. Oh, wow. I like to count Sean and, Ka- Sean and Caitlin as married, too. I think there's like seven. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Because anyway, yeah. people but do it, it get wasn't married. for a long time. I mean, for a long time, it was just Trista, and then we were in our own way second, and that was after, there was essentially one after up until my season, which was one out of, you know, whatever, 15 or 16 or what, 17. There's two things that are really interesting about you, Jason. One is that essentially it did work because you did meet your wife on this Crazy Bananas show. Is it annoying Mm -hmm. when people say that Sean is the only, quote, successful bachelor? No, I don't, I don't care if it's no. I mean, right? He did he, meet because his I'm like, wife on you the are, show. yeah. It's just, oh, I don't care. No, in the just, bubble, in the yeah, bubble, I, I feel like it messed with your brain. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's the whole thing is like I, you know, and I've said this a gazillion times that like I never, at the end of my season, I didn't pick Molly, but I didn't want to propose to either of them. Oh, and so yeah, why and told, did you? I told. Exactly. So, I mean, I was writing this down, and this, like I've said this a million times, I I had called her parents, who never Melissa's parents, who never uh, wanted to be on the show, and I called them up. This is maybe I think it was a day or two before proposal, and I just said, "Hey, like I've never got to meet you guys. You know, I'm a single dad, and I just like I'm going to pick your daughter, but I don't want to. I, I can't propose to her." And we were all on the same page, and they're like, "Okay, I get it. I respect it." And we left it at that. So I go back to my room, and literally a few hours later, one of the uh, producers comes into the uh, to my room and says, "Hey, like, listen, I know you're under a lot of stress. I called Melissa's parents back, and we told them that you're under the stress, but you do want to propose." And I was like, "What? What? Like, like you can't do that." But then slowly, over, um, over, you know, I don't know if it was a day or two days. You know, everybody comes through and says, don't you, don't you want to give her this moment? She's the most amazing girl that you've ever met. You, you will marry her someday. And, like, there's a there's hundred different ways that a hundred different people who work on the show come through. And at the end of it, you know, dumb guys like, oh, I must be an idiot. I'm right. Proposed. America's going to hate you if you don't. Yeah. It's, it's just a bunch of different things. And the owners, like, people, like, people producers, owners, the owner of the show basically says, that's not the way this works. Right. Isn't that funny yeah, that yeah. people would rather see a person get engaged and then the couple break up than just them well, saying, hey, let's date in real life and then eventually end up together? 
Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I like the breakup is a news story. The proposals, the TV action that millions of people are watching. Right. So they just want to they want to capture the audience of people who are like I get it. Like I've I've been through it enough times. So for me, I like that was the biggest thing. Like in my gut, I knew I shouldn't have proposed to either of them, and I did. And that's what got yeah. me into it. I think I'm... Ari was trying to say that same thing. It was like I shouldn't have proposed to you. I don't know if he's saying he should propose to Lauren, but like realistically, some people aren't cut out to propose to somebody after two months. And I was and I was one of them. This is so informative. I think people are going to be really happy with all this knowledge from you. I wonder how many other bachelors have felt forced into proposing when they didn't feel it was right. And I'd rather. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I'd rather watch Ari's season and Jason's season because as a viewer, if I'm putting real human feelings aside. Jason's After the Final Rose was one of the best things I've ever seen. I mean, I've rewatched it on YouTube. The only oh thing that is better is Vienna and Jake Pavelka's I mean, breakup. Oh, my God. My God we I talk about this all the time as the juiciest moment when in Bachelor in history. in a bad mood or feeling bad about yourself, <laughs> simply YouTube that. And That's you will. Yeah. It is so good. But yours was pretty juicy because Molly's sort of shock is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Like, she just did not know what to do with the information you were giving her. What made you say, I want to give Molly another chance? Because you seemed like a little bit unsure of her during in the bachelor bubble. So what was like, I'm going to go back and try that girl again. So part. Okay. So that's a good question. So Melissa was like, I could never say in my entire life, anything bad about her. She was sweet. She was caring. She was beautiful. She was good with my son, you know, just for a day where she met him. So there's all these good things. But then when we got off camera, there was not the, just the chemistry that you want in a marriage, right? Okay. So With I mean, Molly. Date. So with Molly, there was just curiosity. Okay. And I knew that there was nobody else in the show that I was interested in dating, but Molly was the only one. And so when I talked to the producers, they said, okay, yes, but she's going to be the bachelorette unless you do something now. Okay. So the only, I mean, really, re- realistically, the only reason that all that happened was she would have started filming a week later, yeah. and it would have been I would not have ever had that opportunity. Wow! She would have started filming The Bachelorette. So the reason why I was so condensed like that was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I've got to do it when they say the cameras are ready. Otherwise, you know, they they kind of hold your I don't know how real it is your contract over your head, which is a massive. You know, I know you work with Ryan Seacrest. Like, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> you know, I live in a in a, in a rig. Like, I was living in a tiny little rambler, trying to make ends meet to pay the mortgage for my son and I. No, I get it. You, these are big life things that you kind of have to factor in, even though the audience d- doesn't know. Yeah, that. it's just until you being on the bat, being a cast member, one of the twenty five is easy. I mean, you go, like, either A, you become friends with a lot of the girls or the guys, and you go on dates sometimes, you hang out with people, you drink, you get free meals, right. you get to travel a little bit. It's like there's no worry. When you become the bachelor or bachelorette, they ask you, as it goes along, be part of the production. Mm-hmm. And that means being nice to people on dates, being asking yourself and getting forced into doing things that you don't want to do because it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to stand up to every producer and say, no, I'm not going to do that. That's the wrong thing to do. It's 100% possible to do that retrospectively. But when you're there, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. 
You know, like, for example, I know Molly, Molly tells this story all the time. Like, one of the dates she went on with me, they wanted her to, um, oh, it was a talent competition. They said, you need to tell Jason your secret talent is kissing. And she's like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's I'm kissing? not going to tell Jason my secret talent because it's not, it's not true. That's not stupid, right? Yeah. And they said, well, it's fine. If you don't do that, then he's not going to pick you and we're going to send you He's going to send you off. Is that true? Who knows? But when you're on the show, you believe that stuff. Right, right, right. That's pretty like, harsh. I've never heard like anything it? said like that before. What's that? I've never heard somebody ever say that They just before. do a little bit of mind melding. A little mind. Yeah. Maybe not oh, so, man, like, got, verbal. I've got a gazillion stories. And but, I don't, like, like, in some sense, I get it. Like, they're making a TV show, right? right? Like, I've seen. Right, I've that's been like, through... everybody was so upset that the cameras were there for the breakup. But if you remove feelings and your production of course you're gonna have cameras there like that was the greatest thing i've ever seen so nobody (laughs) is gonna say no no we shouldn't bring cameras like of course we should bring cameras and a million 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 people watched it (laughs) and if you didn't if they didn't do it they would they would be like well what happened how come like what like are you serious like now he's together with lauren whatever what happened right you're fired if, if you right. have the camera. Ari did say that he did it because he knew he was going to have to answer those questions eventually, and his might as well just have it on the record for right. everyone. Well, I agree in some respects, but I think Ari is also deep under contract with them, mm-hmm. right? So I'm way beyond. Like, I'm, like, the contract is <laughs> <like> disintegrated. <laughs> so clearly. Yeah, they didn't even have right. They didn't have paper back then. Yeah, clearly, uh, everything you're saying is making me very nervous. <laughs> it's fine because they still like you, so you're fine. Well, I, I mean, it, all this stuff has been said before. I think people may listen now more just because I'm, you know, people are asking me questions again. But I've not, like, I'm not saying anything that I've never said before. I do think what's interesting that you're saying that I'd love to know if you asked Ari because. People always say it is easy being one of the 25 and really a lot of work to be the the lead, oh, as they call I it. I have no idea. I yeah. think Ari went into it thinking, this is the greatest thing that this ever happened really to me. Fun. And if you asked him now, it's probably like, not the greatest thing that ever happened to oh, me. Someone... I remember oh, you go. before I did The Bachelor, I wanted to talk to a couple guys that had done it. Mm-hmm. And the guy, I talked to a couple guys, and they both said the same thing. They said, we're going to tell you not to do it. But you're going to do it every, anyways. Who did you ask? And I talked to Brad Womack. Mm-hmm. And, Who did it again uh, after you, yeah. after telling you that? Yeah, he goes and does it again. And who was the other right? one? And who's the other guy right before me? Um, the British. There's a British guy. Oh, like one of those that nobody watched. Yeah. I mean, Matt I mean, Grant. Me, Remember that? Matt I don't, or, I don't know this. Okay. Yeah. That's who it was. And I said the same thing. Like, Jake Vivalco called me, and I said, listen, I'm going to tell you not to do it. And I remember talking to Jillian and Allie. Like, I talked to all the people before they do it, and I said I said the same thing. It's so hard. I said the same thing to Becca last night. I'm like, it's so hard. <laughs> and you'll get it. Like, all you'll get it in three months, how hard it really is. Right. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't think anybody could ever say. I, of course, I'd want to be the bachelor if they were to ask me and I was single. Yeah. But if you were to be like, but if you really were to lay it out like this, hey, would you like to go on a date with somebody for every day for the next two months? I'd be like, oh, my God, that sounds like hell. I wouldn't do yeah, it you- if you offered me a hundred million. <laughs> Shut up. Oh. No <laughs> way. I would literally have to be hospitalized 
in in some form of special place because <laughs> I could not mentally handle it. Think about like it, not only are you yeah. going on dates every single day for two months, but also when you're not on a date or in between dates, you're talking about your feelings and you're constantly talking, talking, talking. Please give me a couch and some takeout so you, that I can just veg you out. Lose me at we take your phone away. I'm out. <laughs> no, well, that's still yeah, awesome. Well, I still it, love that. It was, also very, it was very different when I did it because like you know I think iPhones had just come out. Yeah. So it's right. not, it was like, can I take your BlackBerry, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, it just crawls when you try to get on the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I have one more question before we leave. Actually, I have two. One is an unanswered question since from before. You said that Melissa already had a guy, and that's why she wasn't going to be the Bachelorette? Uh-huh. So she, like, had a guy from before the, dude the she show? she married. She has, like, 100 kids. Yeah. She met him? She knew him. She knew him beforehand? They dated beforehand. Okay. A lot yeah. of the girls, I find, go back, go to, back old guys. to the guy from before. Yeah, I know. I've yeah, seen that. Yeah. And then they so marry him. I yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, it's, it's fine. Like, I didn't know any of that, but it it was the right, obviously the right thing for her to do. Mm-hmm. And then second question is, um, did Ari ever reach out to you, like, personally, because the situations are so similar? Or was it, like, production no, who said, hey, I wish help he him? would have. Like, I, I had found out about it. Uh, I don't know. It was sometime in January. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reaching out to him and, like, not hearing back for a little while. And finally, he texted me. He's like, I'll get get a hold of you soon. And you he know, never did. You know what's funny? I'll, I'll is think, that I think part of that is because the production is saying, if Jason reaches out to you, don't talk to right. him. Right. Well, what you know I was why? Gonna... Because we're going to have a conversation with him later on camera. Okay. Okay. So what I was going to say was interesting because back back in your day, you couldn't slide into her DMs and do it privately. You would have to find her number, and production would never give you her number. Yeah. And when they scare the crap out of you, yeah, there's no way to secretly. Yeah, there was. I mean, I've joked around about this. Like back then, Twitter had just started. Nobody was using Twitter, and MySpace was bigger than Facebook. Like, right. <laughs> what happened to, you know, Facebook was just this kind of new thing. You know, it had been around a couple of years, but MySpace was king back then. That's really funny. All right. Well, Jason, wow, this, this is so informative. Very interesting. Yes. Oh, yeah. People are going to love this. Well, and you're not like, you're not, and you're kind of like, hey, give Ari a break. You know, I think people oh, yeah. are starting oh, to sort of be like, give this dude a break. I mean, you guys, uh, I, I was like over and over again, he shouldn't have felt like he should have figured out a way to not film it. And I would have told him that, but they, yeah. he would have listened to producers anyways. Yeah. The audience would have, would have been confused. And I would say for somebody, if he's that confused, he's an, he's an emotional guy. Maybe he didn't show his emotions like that as much as people would have liked. Yeah. But it takes a lot of balls to go and know that you're going to get crushed like he is and still go through with it. He's handled it pretty well. I know. I've been texting him today. He, he seems good. Yeah, when I asked him about three weeks ago at Women Tell All, I go, are you dreading after the final rose? Or are you looking forward to it? He was like, I'm honestly looking forward to it so I can just breathe fresh air after our, afterward. All, All right, right. Jason, Jason, we love you. You're great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, guys. I can't right, wait until someone pulls a Mesnick again. Yeah, tell them to go to, uh, if they need to buy a house in Seattle, call me. Oh, we will. Tell them right now. Oh, yeah. Hey, anybody looking to buy a house, sell a house in Seattle, I'm your guy. I work my butt off. I even pressure wash myself. <laughs> so, like, seriously, I have, I have houses where Molly, Molly's taking pictures. Like She'll come by and I'm pressure washing somebody's driveway. I built a headboard for somebody's 
uh, bed before staging their house. I do all sorts of stuff. Oh, my God. Um, Full service. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, Google yeah. Jason Mesnick. Yeah, Jason Mesnick. JasonMesnickGroup.com. All right. Well, thanks, Jason. We'll talk, talk to you okay. soon. Bye. Okay, see you guys. Bye. All right, guys. Well, after this Bachelor finale week, I need some sleep like I've never had sleep before. I'm going to hibernate for the next three days, and um, I'm going to do it on a sleep number. I love my sleep number bed. My sleep number setting is 70, and I love it because I can adjust it for those days that I feel like just sinking into bed or the days that my back needs a little bit of support. It adjusts each side of the bed, or you can adjust it the entire bed whenever you want it's so comfortable you can actually feel how it contours your neck shoulders back and hips for a more proper spinal alignment and the new sleep number beds they're smart they sense your every move i love that that's my favorite part and it it automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably there's even an adjustment for snoring does your bed do that sleep number queen mattresses start at only $999.99 right now during the spring clearance event you can save up to $600 on their most popular beds there are more than 550 sleep number stores in America visit sleepnumber.com to find the stores near you and if you mention the Almost Famous podcast you can get up to $600 in savings it really is the most comfortable bed I I know sleep all day and right now I know. Do you do most of your work from your sleep number? I do all my work from my sleep number. <laughs> so I take conference calls. I have my laptop. I do emails all day long. People think I'm working in an office and I'm working in my sleep number. See, I'm a couch. I'm a couch worker, but if I, you know, well, but I should move over to the bedroom. <laughs> so here's a little thing I will say. Mm-hmm. When I used to work at a desk, I got horrible backache. Uh huh. And now that I work from my sleep number bed, I don't get them anymore because it's like really, it's comfortable and you. Sit up and you're on your laptop and I don't have the same backache, headache that I used to get. Neck ache. So it's worth it. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, you guys, you heard it from Amy. I tell the truth. You know. All right. I want to talk about some emails. Um, Do a couple ones that are off topic of The Bachelor because um, I need a break. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I need a break. I'm losing it. If you guys haven't haven't been able to tell, I don't feel like I've been at my finest game today. That I think it's just like a little bit of overkill right now. I think I might be well, burning yeah, out. Well, yeah, we had a lot of Bachelor, a lot of winter games. Now we're going to have some fun until... I know. That's when we get to talk about like relationships, and that makes me happy. This, I and love we'll this email. we'll keep everybody informed on what all the Bachelor people are doing. Yeah. Okay, so I love this email. Um, the topic is how do you know they're the one this is from kelly hi ashley and ben i am reeling from the finale and i can't wait for after the final rose it's a couple days old i wanted to comment on the question of how do you know when you're with the right person i am someone who has been in a successful relationship for the past three years of my life and i am constantly mulling over this question Hmm. Long story short, you know when you're with the right person if they bring out the parts of you that you want to emphasize in yourself. I genuinely believe that a human can love more than one person. We open our hearts to endless friends, and I believe it is possible to open your heart to loving more than one person. Different soulmates bring out different parts of yourself. And to choose to be with a person is to choose to be with the part of yourself that you like to be with the very most. Whether that is your fun self, your spiritual self, or a part of your personality you cannot compensate for in other friendships and relationships, such as sexual and romantic selves. 
So I don't think the question is if you're choosing the person that you love the most, but are you choosing the person who makes you love yourself the most? Wow, that is a good point. I love that. Hoping you guys are interested in my theory. I love the Almost Famous podcast. Side note, Ashley, you with Kevin making me cry like it was a bachelor proposal. Wishing you the best. That's so sweet. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, she makes really good points. What do you think? Um, I think that's actually incredible. That makes me wonder if she believes in monogamy, though. I mean, she is obviously in a relationship, but... Yeah, um, you sh- okay, so yes, you choose to be with the person who brings out that quality that you like the very most. Like, it's your most important, I suppose. The thing I've been learning lately mm-hmm. is that, look, it's still hard work, and you still have to sort of work on yourself, but I think when you're really in love... You want to. I want to be a better person Mm -hmm. for my person. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And again, like I said with the sacrifices the other day, it's not work. It's something I want to do because it makes me happy and them happy. I don't know. I think the greatest thing I've ever been told is you make me happy. I I could just die happy from that. That's a really nice thing to hear. It was like, that is just life changing. Yeah. Um. I personally like it when my fun self and my funny self comes out and like my flirty bantery self. So if I'm with somebody who I'm not laughing with a lot, which this is kind of like a, a new, this is kind of like something new. Like if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I wouldn't say like a guy who makes me laugh, which is so weird because I think all girls say that. But I was like, oh no, as long as he has like a, a decent sense of humor. But like, no, I need to have like that flirty, witty banter. Yeah. It makes me feel more like alive and it makes me feel really connected. Well, I think that is a great, you want somebody that makes you feel alive. Yeah. Even if it's sometimes you're crying or sometimes you're happy or sometimes you're passionate or whatever, you feel feelings. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kelly, I don't think you really have a question. I think we love your theory and it's something that I'm going to keep in on the back of my mind always. Thank you. <clears throat> Thinking of another man from Anonymous. Ben and Ashley, I believe when you know you found the one, you definitely just know. You feel it in your soul. You crave to be around them, and you can't get your mind off of them. With that being said, I'm in a very serious relationship. We've been together for five years, and I love him to death. But recently, there's someone else that has stopped my world completely. I get this achy, lovey feeling that I haven't before. Literally, I can't get him off my mind, and I just have this feeling that there's something more, or there could be something more if I was in a relationship with someone else. I'm not going to end my relationship for him, and I would never cheat on my significant other, but I still can't help but think about this guy all the time. Mm. I think about all the things that could happen between us if my relationship ever ended. Am I just being ridiculous or doing the whole grass is greener on the other side thing, or could I actually have strong, real feelings for two people? Thanks. Okay, well, going off of what Kelly said before, I think you can definitely have strong feelings for both people. And if Ben were here, he would obviously say the same thing. He was in love with two girls. Right. Uh, maybe in different ways, but, you know, similar enough. When he was a bachelor, what do, what do you do? I um, know. this. I saw this email and was like... I don't know how to. I mean, I don't even know what this to say. is. This is horrible. This is. I'm gonna be, but I'm gonna tell you what I would probably do. I think you'd have to experiment a little bit with this guy, not physically and not deeply emotionally, but I think you need to hang out with him enough to really know whether this is something that your mind is just making up or if this is something that could really be there. It's just yeah, you have to invest a little time in I it. I agree with Ashley, although I feel like we might get a lot of. Hate. I think we might get a lot of hate too, but then what are you going to do? I agree. Are you going to end your relationship for a guy that you just like got a little buzz cross over? Which <laughs> right. I would assume if you're with somebody for five years and you're not married, 
that if you if somebody else piques your interest, I think you could probably develop a crush while still really wanting to be with the person that you're in the relationship this with. This is a big, this is a complicated one. Ethan, I, I almost feel like we should put you on the mic since you're the married guy in this house. <laughs> yeah, here, use mine. Okay. Easton. Yes. Um, you're married. You've been with your wife for how long? I've been with her for five years. Five years. Perfect. Yes. Have you ever developed any sort of interest or curiosity in somebody else? No. No. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> then going back to anonymous, I also, I've never been in a relationship as serious as five years, but I do tend to like to think that if I was with the person that I want to spend my rest of my life with and my soulmate, that I wouldn't develop that crush. That is a concern. Yeah. Because I, I think that it. too. <laughs> this whole email is very concerning. I feel like we might want to address it when we're when we do our next show, like a therapist. Yeah, anonymous. Um, I'd love to know if you would like to come on and describe your situation a little bit more. Your voice. Yeah, we can totally Erica, disguise your voice. Save this email because I want to go back to it next time. I think this is a question that a lot of people have and encounter in their life. And I think, yeah, we should dive a little bit deeper, especially when we have... Because I hate to say this. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate to say this. So anonymous, don't listen to this. Yeah. But everybody else. <laughs> because there might be a reason that... Oh, how do I say this? She may not be in the perfect relationship mm-hmm. if she's having these that's feelings what I, that's for I someone think. else. Like, this I is, think some... Right. In an ideal world... I would like to think that when I'm with the person I'm supposed to be with, I would never crush on anyone else. Okay? But I don't really know yet because I- think someone's cute or yeah. like they give you like a little flutter, but you're, but not to this. This yeah. is really more. Yeah. All right. One last email, and I love the headline of this. Do women do their own makeup? This is from Annie in California. She goes, how do all the women look so flawless on the show? Do they do their own makeup, and how do all the women know how to do their makeup so well? What brands are they using? All right, so, yeah, um, everybody asked this question. I think we've addressed it before about clothing, at least. Your clothes are all on you that first season. Once you do Paradise, there's lots of clothing brands that want to send you clothing so in my past i've had like 50 percent purchased clothes in paradise and 50 percent um given clothes but makeup yeah makeup is all on us i i did it i love doing my own makeup for camera i feel like i know my face best and it just seems like the other girls in the house really know how to do it too i don't know what to tell you um but we do it, and um, my favorite brands. If you want, if you want my favorite brands, I sure. like I like Maybelline, I like Becca, I like Tarte, and I love Kat Von D for things like powdery substances, like eyeshadows and um, you know um, powder foundation, because it has really, really good strong pigment. Can I say something crazy? Because I yeah. don't wear very much makeup. Yeah. But do you want to know what has been life changing? What? Goop. Goop, I know. Gwyneth, Amy loves Goop, which I is Gwyneth Paltrow's beauty and like health line. I love Gwyneth because she will give like little things on her Instagram, and mm-hmm. I've bought two. Okay, and like game changer. So what and, is it? What what well, kind um, of products? Illuminators. Is that the right thing? Yeah, you like highlighters. Like, yeah, like a little, and then this little creamy blush thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gwyneth is my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. She is. I could see using an organic I foundation. Wear, like, no makeup. I don't wear yeah. foundation. I only wear that little illuminator, whatever it's yeah. called, blush and <laughs> lip gloss. Okay. Well, that you know what? That's really the basics. 
that is what every girl like needs to feel her prettiest. Yes. And you know, beyond that is when guys start saying like it's too much. Guys like, you know, this is what I hear. Guys like a little lip stuff, a little mascara, and a little blush and highlight. I hear you want to look the same in the morning as you do at night. My only caveat about that is like my I've got a whole bunch of post acne spotting, so and like a little bit of rosacea. So like I need to wear foundation, but that sucks because foundation is always like the telltale makeup. Like you know a girl is wearing foundation, which ugh, it's the one thing my goal in life is to like be able to feel really pretty without foundation that's it it's that's all i goal. got for you guys it's a good that's goal sorry this girl, is what i can dream yep. let's do one more do one more okay we'll do this because it's fun all right so back to the bachelor talk this is from lovely on after the final rose we saw the first five contestants of becca's season eek i wanted to know your early opinions and guesses on who we think will go the farthest out of the five we saw tonight and if you read my question or answer it thanks if not also thanks here's to a better season hopefully slash most likely Lovely. Let's all remember Dean was one of those. I know. Dean was sitting with me watching that, and I was like, Dean, you're such a husband now. This is we. This was you last year. Um, okay, so these are the guys that stood out to me. One, that first guy, so cute, the one with the accent, so charming, just knew all the right things to say. Loved him. Loved the guy with the banjo, so cute. Also, thought the whole horse move was pretty cute. I mean- Start of a fairy tale. You're going to get back up on the horse, and that's how she's going to exit the stage. I mean, pretty perfect. Um, there's that second guy up. He was a little too suave. I can see him being like a, a Robbie character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all blur to me. I'm just going to be honest. Really? Total blur. Yeah. No way. I don't know that, who's who. But that banjo guy it. was so freaking cute. I was stoked over him. I was like, kind of like, oh, man, I want to see more of this guy. I think he's going to go really far. I think now, the first guy I might not go remember, far. when do we see The Bachelorette? Went May 28th. May, okay. <laughs> so, guys, we have um, over two months, but you know what? They are going to breeze by. It's going to be alarmingly fast. Yeah, and then we go Bachelorette right into Paradise. Yeah, it's a whole string of string of all the good stuff. Okay, guys, um, if you are looking to be on the next season of The Bachelor, first, send your audition tapes in now. They cast way ahead of time. Two, make it an... Un- Awesome, awesome audition tape. I'm thinking about ripping out my old audition tape and actually posting it to Instagram. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing that I actually haven't posted mine in the past. Like, I'm not embarrassed by anything that I do. I just, like, embrace the awkwardness. This is, like, the one thing where I'm like, that's a little bit over the edge. Well, now you have to. Yeah, I know. So I think I'm going to. But, uh, yeah, so this is my advice to you guys. Like, if you really want to be on the next season, amazing audition tape. And head over to Thread Up. If you get casted so that you can get some bargains for all the different dates you're going to need outfits for. ThreadUp is the world's largest online thrift store with over 35,000 brands at up to 90% off retail price. Think free people dresses for $10, J. Crew jeans for $12, Kate Spade handbags for $30. I was looking at Manolo Blahniks, like Carrie Bradshaw Manolos that were under $100. So forget sifting through the racks. ThreadUp makes it super easy to shop by personalizing your experience. Use the filters to save your sizes, your favorite brands, and price range to find exactly what you're looking for fast. 
Every item on the site goes through a 12-point quality inspection process, ensuring that the items are in like-new condition. Many are even actually brand new with tags. ThreadUp also offers free shipping on qualified orders and allows for super easy returns. Right now, ThreadUp is offering Almost Famous listeners an extra 30% off their first order. So go to ThreadUp, that is T-H-R-E-D-U-P dot com slash Almost Famous, ThreadUp.com slash Almost Famous for an extra 30% off today. The denim is so good. Oh my gosh, I was looking at flares. I want huge bell bottoms. Well, and it's also good because if you want to take a chance on something, you don't have to worry about the money because you can get it for like 10 bucks. I know, Amy, all of these huge, awesome bell bottoms from like Citizens of Humanity and stuff, they were under $20. So I just figured, oh, if it doesn't really fit perfectly, I could just bring it and get the waist tempt for like another $10. Or if you do have a fail, way better to have an $8 fail than an $80 fail. Yeah, and, you know, uh, easy returns, just in case you do need to. And the denim jackets, the sweaters, the jackets, the denim is just amazing. Right, okay. Well, thank you to Sleep Number, Thread Up, Blue Apron, Zola, and BioClarity for sponsoring this podcast, making it happen each week. As you can see, we love you guys so much. We get incredible feedback, and our listenership has just been through the roof lately, and we are so, so thankful. We're even giving you hour-and-a-half podcasts pretty much because <laughs> we just we just love talking to you guys. And um, that's all I got. Next week, moving on to more real-life things between Ben and myself, and um, I'll talk to you then. Until then, email Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com, and um, I've been Ben. And that's been Amy. Bye. You just said Ivan. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. (laughs) 